Thank you for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. We are calling this a radio podcast, a cool hybrid of talk radio and music. Real leaders, real talk, incredible stories. Thanks so much for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. My name is Sam Collier, and I am here right now in a legendary moment. (laughs) This moment is legendary. I grew up on this man. No, no, no. no I, I just, no, I get, you, I, you, you're making me, he's dating. You're not old, you're not old. <laughs> he, he's, he's legendary, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, multi-platinum selling artists. His song has crossed over so many different formats. He's been all around the world. He's an author, he's a pastor, he's a writer, he's a leader, he's an influencer, he's an educator, and he's got somebody special with him, which we'll get to in a second. Ladies and gentlemen, Smokey Norfolk is in the building. How you doing? Man, I'm good, man. Thank you for letting me be here. I just can't believe I'm here with you. I just <laughs> I just remember waking up to your song every single morning so in high school. Come on. Trying man. to do the runs, because that's what we always wanted to do the runs. We always... <laughs> Um, you've got somebody special with you. Who is who's who's with you, man? This is Isaiah Templeton, yeah. brand new artist who's yeah. on my. He's the first artist outside of myself. Oh my god! Signed to my label. What? Yeah. So I'm <laughs> super excited to start with a bang oh with somebody gosh. that's so incredible. But he's an awesome young man. He's a millennial. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Okay. 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 Are you the millennial pastor at your church? I'm or are you director the director of the millennial ministry? <laughs> okay. I don't, like, I don't like words like pastor, minister, elder. Just stay away from that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember. I asked Ebony offline, I said, well, can he sing? I mean, what, you know, is he? And she said, well, if you can hang with Smokey Norfolk, you got to have something. And I said, oh my gosh, well, when can I interview him? I mean, when can this happen? Uh, Listen, before we jump in, we kick off this show every time with the song. Okay. We have to kick it off with one of the biggest songs in the world. Oh, yes. I mean, if you don't know this song, I don't know if you're a Christian. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Let's just be honest. I don't know if you're... I need you now. Smokey, tell us um, the story behind this record and what it's meant to you and then throw to it. Well, it is needless to say a life changing, life altering Mm. uh, message and ministry experience for me. Mm. Um, And it always encourages me that people have been blessed by it so much and so uh, so long. Mm. It's incredible that it's about. Uh, 17 years old. No. Yes. <laughs> I feel like you wrote it yesterday. Oh, no, yeah. It feels like it because people continue yes. to, to, to be ministered by and to hold on to it. And that, I don't take that for granted. I, I really appreciate God and all the people who receive God through it. I, I appreciate them for that. But that song came out of my own pain, mm. my own struggle, trials. My wife, my, my mom, my dad all had illnesses, uh, battles with. Um, um, my, they, they diagnosed my wife with tumors and said it was cancerous told us we wouldn't have children my mother was paralyzed her whole right side said she would ne- never be asymmetrical again mm. um, my father had open heart surgery um, it did not look good for any of them and so it was back to back to back and in desperation I sat down and said God I need you now like mm. right now and of mm. course the story of, of, of his healing grace and power is always consistent and he's triumphant so my mother you can't tell she's ever been paralyzed my wife uh, we've had two sons uh, she bore two sons and um, it wasn't cancer mm. well that's what the doctor says yeah. well, we just need God as a healer <laughs> you know we know God as a healer my yes. dad's doing well yes. since retired from pastoring after 45 years wow. he's with me now serving in ministry what so yeah it's an amazing thing to see the testimony that that we were going through and create that was being created through us 
become so many other people's testimony through that song. So it's a special song to a lot of people, but it's always going, for those reasons, be, be special to me. Well, we got to hear it. We'll be back. Not a second or another minute, not an hour or another day, but at this moment with my arms outstretched, I need you to make a way as you have done so many times before. Through a window or an open door, I stretch my hands to Rescue me, I need you right away. I need you now. I need you now. I need you now. I need you now. Not another second or another minute, not an hour or another day, but needed you before to show up and restore all of the faith that I left slip while I was yet searching the world for more of the truest friend I have indeed you're my best friend I know
every morning going to school, I had a two-hour ride. Oh, wow. And so it was every morning, every morning, every morning. Uh, it's, I went to a performing arts high school, oh, wow. but it was across town because, you know, what I mean, being a black man in Atlanta and, you know, down the street was Towers and Columbia. Shout out to Towers and Columbia, but they weren't, you know, we didn't have the art school down the street. Right. So I had to like commute. And um, my routine every morning was, I mean, this is when they had CDs and CDs still exist, but it's when you had the CD player and you want, you didn't want it to scratch. And. And every morning, we had tapes. Okay, you had tapes. Okay, <laughs> you had tapes. You had tapes. Right, I give it to you. Right, <laughs> iPods. Right, iPods. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so I, I would take my CDs, and um, and then eventually it did switch over to iPods. And I don't know. I don't know if it was the musician in me, but I would get stuck on one song. And usually it was Boys to Men and all these other things. But when I Need You Now came out, I mean, this is no exaggeration. No exaggeration. Probably in a year, I probably listened to that song 3,000 times. Wow. <laughs> Just back to back wow. to back to back. And, and then, you know, as I got deeper in my faith, I would listen to it more and mm -hmm. more and more. And then, you know, again, I understand what you'll talk about and so many other songs that you had. And, you know, I played piano when I was younger. And wow. so I spent... I remember being in the back of my mom's house just trying to learn the chords, just going, but ding, 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 ding. So, okay, how do I, you know, mess it up a million times. How did he do this? Um, you have shaped so much of what gospel music is. Wow, wow. And we all know it. We, um, even in media, we stand on your shoulders and we thank you for your contribution and what it, what it has meant um, to the world. Multi, I mean, Platinum selling artists and Grammys and eight tellers and I'm like, do you have your own plane? I mean, what, what's coming next? I mean, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> okay, sure okay, okay. No. no, no, no plane, no plane. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No plane. You're pastoring now. Um, you're an international. I'm going to say it, icon. You're an international icon. But we know it didn't start where you are now. Take us from Little Smokey up to where you are. How'd this happen? It's a lot, man. That's a, that's a loaded question. It is a whole lot. Um, first of all, thank you for the accolades. And it's always difficult to hear mm. all of those things and that, you know, that my ministry life and career has had that level of impact. It's difficult because it's humbling. Mm. You know, I realize, recognize it's not about me and mm. I didn't do it. And it's like I felt unworthy a lot of times when people start. It's like, I'm oh, man, I'm not worthy of all of that mm. because it's truly been the Lord's doing and just marvelous in my eyes. I mean, it's it's been his exceptional grace, um, his faithfulness to himself, to his word. Mm. Every promise that he made, he has fulfilled. If I delight myself in him and give me the desires of my heart, he did that mm. and continues to do that. And it's mind blowing. Um, it, it started. I have a typical PK story. Yeah. I'm a preacher's kid, we you know, pastor's kid, preacher's kid, not just even a preacher's <laughs> kid, a pastor's kid. Yeah. And I grew up in the church parsonage. Um, my dad was an AME pastor. I was ordained initially in the AME church. Mm. The church parsonage, here's the church, here's our house. 
So it was Grand Central Station for ministry all day, every day. <laughs> Everybody would come to the pastor's house and his reverend here. You know, what? no, he's not here. Yeah, I would wake up at any given moment and it would be no telling who they have left, let stay in the house or given a bedroom just for a night so that they can get on, on their feet. And This is New York? No, this is in Arkansas. Arkansas, okay. Yeah, it's okay. in Arkansas. I grew up down yeah. south. Okay. I'm a country okay. boy with a K. Okay, I got you. <laughs> country, country boy in the big city of Chicago now. Right. So country mouse in the big city. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, but it was, a, it was a unique experience growing up in the household with a pastor because mm. you literally grew up in a fishbowl. Mm. And the members are looking and seeing what you're going to do and the community is looking and seeing and what's going on with the pastor's kids and mm. uh it was it was a it was a both a, a burden and a blessing though mm. because i had the responsibility of growing up faster um maturing in god faster because uh the level of expectation although albeit unreasonable at times mm-hmm. it was definitely a catalyst for maturing and, and growing in God, so I grew up singing in the children's choir like most PKs do. Yeah, you know, getting the little, the little, uh, uh, what do you call it? The little peppermint candy, and the little yellow candy in the wrapper. Oh, yeah, you know, they slide butterscotch. Yeah, they slide it to butterscotch you. Butterscotch was clutch. Man. Yeah, man. Listen, <laughs> listen. Exactly, getting in trouble on the front row. Yeah, you know, my yeah. dad looking down there with his robe on, giving me the look. You know, and then at, at that was at four years old, I started that, and I, I had a passion immediately for music. At four. At four. At five years old, I got pictures of me in a diaper, mm. actually playing this little toy piano that my parents had bought me. It's really crazy. Uh, but at five years old, I was picking out melodies and, and trying to play songs. Mm. By the time I was eight, I was playing full songs. And then I wanted to play. I was ready. He said, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Put me on. Put me on. I'm ready to play at church. And my parents were like, no, no, boy. Uh-uh, no. You're not ready. No. When I turned 12 years old, we had moved. I was in Oklahoma at the time. Mm-hmm. We started off in Oklahoma. Then I, uh, 12 years old, I lived in, I was in Muskogee until 12. At 12, we were in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And my dad's musician quit on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I had been playing for a long time by this time. And I studied everybody. But Vanessa Bell Armstrong, uh, the Winans, the Clark Sisters, you know, these were my favorites. The Thompson mm. Community Singers, you know. And I studied their records. We had records back okay. then. <laughs> vinyl? Is that what you yeah, vinyl. vinyl. That's what you guys call vinyl. That's what we call We that. say records. We talk about the round thing with the hole in the middle. That's my kids say now. Is that the round thing with the, the hole in the middle, middle of it? It's like, yeah, yes. that would be that. But I, I I studied them for years and loved their music and loved their their had a passion for the ministry and I was singing mm. you know I was I was singing everywhere my dad mom took me all over the country all over the our region I should say uh, to church to church to church from church to church to church singing and sharing my my gift but I never was able to play my mm. dad was like no you're not ready no you're not ready. This Sunday morning when his musician quit, they, they didn't have a musician. Mm. And he quit out of spite. You know, he was being very... Right. Yeah, he was, yeah, it was on Sunday morning, right. you know, the, he, he's giving you instructions. You can't be late. We have to start on time. We start our services on time. And he was like, well, I'll quit then. My dad was like, okay. And he quit. When he quit, um, my dad came out in the congregation. Mm. I was in the back talking to the little girls. Of course. <laughs> I was right. sitting in the back of the sanctuary, you know, it was a, me and a whole crew right. of you people. Playing, yeah, we having yeah. a good time. We, and it's way in the back of the church, in the back of the sanctuary. <laughs> yeah. And so my dad walked out in his robe, and I just knew, I'm like, He's about to whoop me in front of all these people. <laughs> Man, I got nervous. I'm like, oh, no, not now, daddy, not now. <laughs> and so he says, I need you to come play. I'm mm. like, play what? 
He said, I need you to come play for church. I said, for real? This is 12. I've been waiting on this. Oh I've been waiting on this. I said, yes. I jumped up there. And in hindsight, it was horrible. <laughs> in hindsight, it was horrible. But because now, but I walked up with confidence and I played the song and I definitely carried the service. Everybody, nobody in the congregation knew I played. So they were all like, oh my God, he can play. Oh. And from that day forward, I've been playing and singing. I had a microphone here. I would play direct in the choir, the youth choir. From that point forward, that was my introduction into the music ministry on a national, on a um, a public platform. Oh my God! And then it just continued to grow after that. And I, I, I was in all the high school choirs, the choruses, and I did all the lead solos and all the things. When we went to conference for competitions, they would tap me on the shoulder to sing the solos. And I mean, it was just a growing experience, a great experience that developed me and matured me into the musician that I would later become. Uh, and then about 14, 15 years old, um, my relationship with God started to shift in the gear. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I was singing at talent shows, you know, and I'm singing Pretty Brown Eyes and, you know, come on now, man, condition in the house. You know, I'm really having a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all at the talent shows and, and I'm at the college talent shows. I'm in high school, but right, I'm, right. I'm singing at the college talent shows and I'm loving all the cheers and I'm singing Stevie Wonders, Ribbon in the Sky and playing the piano and all the ladies are Right, right, right. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I can live like this. <laughs> and uh, Prince uh, from and Paisley Park, they actually one of the musicians, one of his music directors, was from my hometown in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Mm. And he came home, heard me, and then heard about me, and they flew me to Minneapolis. And I actually re recorded Prince it at his studios. I was supposed to he be. He just hit me what you were saying. Prince. I, I was like, no, he's not yeah, like, Prince. no. Prince and the Revolution Prince. Prince. So I flew to Minnesota. They recorded me. I was supposed to be the rival for Tevin Campbell. It was right about the same time. And, you know, my like dad, and my dad, being a pastor, allowed me to go through the process. He went. And it, it, now imagine this, I'm having to sing, you know, ooh, baby, baby, or I wish I knew a sister and somebody to break the ice. I mean, I'm really like, they're giving me this song that's really out of character for me and kind of out of context for mm -hmm. what I'm normally, I'm used to right. being a worship leader and singing at church. My, uh, my uh, dad is sitting there the whole time stone-faced. And I'm like, dad, can you like go out so I can, you know, so I can be free? He's like, no, if you can't sing it in front of me, you shouldn't be singing it. Mm. And he would not move. He sat there and looked at me the whole time. I'm like, you know, Dad. I said, well, you know, can you just drop me off? And just he said, I will never leave you with them. He said, I don't know these people. I'm never. He said, you can you can forget that. I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> That's it. He just came. Man, out. Just I mean, he was for real, for real. <laughs> and so I'm like, man, okay. So we went through the whole process. The got through this, you know, point of being, you know, I I had listen. This is what's crazy. Yeah. I had gone back to the school. Told all my friends, all the cheerleaders, like I'm gonna need dancers. Can y'all be my? I was ready, man. I had this. I had dancers. At Six p.m. Listen, <laughs> I was ready. I said, this is about to be on. Right. I'm already famous. You understand? Move. I was right. with Prince. Do y'all get what I'm saying? <laughs> and so we got through the negotiation process. My dad paid for attorneys the whole nine. We got to the end of the negotiation, and my father said, "Son." Sorry to tell you this. I can't sign. Now, mind you, I'm a minor, so he has to sign. He has to, yeah. 
He said, I, I can't sign this. I said, what, 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 do you mean? What, what do you mean? What are you saying? Like you were getting ready to sign the prints. And he says, no, I can't sign this. I said, why? He said, through this whole process, and I allowed you to go through the process. He said, through the whole process, the concern was on your gift and not you. He said, no, not once did they say anything about your education. Mm. Not once did they talk about, you know, who's going to be with you through this process or who's going to chaperone. Not once. I mean, he went down a whole list of things that he was watching for. Mm. And he says, I can't be responsible for signing your life away. Mm. He said, when you're 18, you can do whatever you want to do. Mm. He said, but now I can't do it. Mm. And I was, I didn't speak to my daddy for a month. I was so mad. I'm like, man, you the mess. I got to go tell my dancers. Look, uh, about <laughs> about this next move. <laughs> we're not we going to be able to. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to stay a little bit longer. But y'all hold on. You know, I'm going to be 18 in a minute. You know, we, right. Then we're going. And in, the, in that process, my relationship with God started getting stronger and stronger. My passion for music ministry, not just music, but music ministry uh, grew. I started being engaged by what other people were doing to, to glorify God. And it became such a natural progression of my heart mm. that I, I completely abandoned. By the time I got to college, I had completely abandoned, mm. you know, the need to be an R&B star. But I did know. I wanted to do global ministry and I wanted to take my music around the world. Mm. My prayer was, God, let me kick down doors and let me open up opportunities. Let me take the gospel to places that most people don't take the gospel. Yeah. And when I say he did it, he did it and he did it big. Mm. You know, I went through um, we college. Give us that story. Oh, please, man. Please, please. <laughs> he did it huge. So I, I went through college and um, I came out of college. And I, I had been disappointed, let down. I tried so many times to be famous or to try to be an artist. And every door kept getting shut. You know, I was lied to and deceived by false management and yeah. all kind of crazy things. And I was so young, so green, and just so gullible to do it because I wanted, I wanted to be able to take this music global. I wanted to be able to share with the world. Mm. And I was trying my way, my own ways. Mm -hmm. And God kept shutting doors. And every door was a lesson. I didn't lose. I learned. Mm. You know, that was a huge takeaway for me. Is I didn't lose anything. Even though it felt like it at the time, I just learned. And so I got out of college. I ended up falling. I was going to law school because I wanted to do entertainment law and make sure that I was first and equipped. I was going to law school. I had taken the LSAT a couple times <laughs> so that I get that score up so I can yeah, get in. Yeah. I mean, I was ready. And my dad, I finished college in three years because I did 21 hours a semester and I did a full 14, 15 hours in the summer every year mm. from the time I graduated from high school. So I was done in three years. Unbelievable. And my dad would not let me leave. He said, no, take some education classes. You just don't know. So I took education classes. Um, my last year of college um, was spent on developing, you know, teaching skills. Mm. Steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He, he knew right. what I didn't. Yeah. And then I got out of college, and at the end of college, I started substitute teaching. And I was like, I like this. <laughs> this is cool. We get three months off in the summer. Mm -hmm. We get weekends off. We're done at 3 o'clock. Of course, we have grading of papers and right. all the other dynamics that come with it. But I get to minister to these kids in the classroom in a way, educationally, that I can't really do wow. any other way. And, and, of course, you know, that separation of church and state. Of so there was, the ministry had to be positioned Certain in a way. way. Yeah, yeah, positioned in a way that it was it was character building. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't necessarily, you know, uh, faith teaching. John 316. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> 
you know. So, but I fell in love with it, mm. and I wouldn't trade those seven years for That's anything crazy. in the world. You were a teacher. I was a school teacher, a history teacher, <laughs> ninth through twelfth grade. My favorite was the ninth grade. I taught oh civics, uh, and it was it was great because we would bring in current issues and political issues and social issues, and we would just talk. Mm. You know, and it was it was it was a wonderful, phenomenal experience in my life. So after school, after school teaching, uh, at the conclusion of it, I accepted my call to preach, and I'm like, okay, God, you know, I want to sing. I don't, I don't want to do this part. Like, this, not yeah. I grew up with this. I know the weight that is is on this. I know the responsibility, the sacrifice for me and my family, my future family. It's and like, how old were you at the time? I was 24. So you got what, Dane? 23. 23. It's 23. Okay. I was 23. Okay. I started the process at 23. Okay. I was like 25 when I actually got ordained. But the process is kind of elongated in the AME church. You know, there's prerequisites and requirements. So, you know, <laughs> you gotta make, yeah, you make just don't jump sure. up and say, you know, I want to be a preacher. It's like, okay, let me lay hands upon you. No, no it don't happen like that. No. Yeah. So I started the process at 23, accepted my call at 23, preached my first sermon at 23. Um, and I was teaching school at the time, hmm. and so and, and it was it was crazy because when I finally yielded and told God yes, um, things in my my life were not necessarily going in the way that I wanted them to go, but it was so fruitful and rewarding that I had an unusual peace. Hmm. It's like this is, but, but I should be mad right now. Hmm. This is not what I signed up for. This is not why I, I should be angry right now. But I had an unusual peace. I'm like. But it feels right. This is okay. So I accepted my calling to preach. My, I met my wife. Mm. And uh, she wasn't my wife at the time. <laughs> and and I thought, you know, she didn't sign up to be with a preacher. So right, I don't know right, if she's going to stick around for this, you know. Right. She, well, she was cool. She was accepting and really appreciative of whatever God is leading you to do. I trust the God in you. Let's, let's go for it. Mm. And uh, then I moved to Chicago to go to seminary. That's mm-hmm. how I actually ended up in Chicago. Wow. When I got to Chicago... I ended up serving as assistant pastor of a large congregation in Chicago, and I was over the the uh, music, youth, and children's ministries. Mm. And I went in that year of transition. My wife and I were engaged for that year. We got married, and she moved up. We both moved to Chicago permanently, and I was in seminary. Mm. And while in seminary, that's when all of the things that I wanted and desired, some of those things started manifesting. I got placements on Colorado Mass, on Donnie Peoples what? album, on. Uh, the Thompson Community Singers album. I did a song with a friend of mine, DeAndre Patterson, and it ended up being a radio hit in Chicago. And so I'm like, this is okay. Okay. This and was it the Chicago network that allowed for you to connect with those folks? Absolutely. Mm, Absolutely. Okay. It was being, it was moving for ministry mm. and those doors started opening for other opportunities mm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I ended up meeting uh, um, my previous manager while there in Chicago because the radio announcer visited our church. Miss um, Joanne Brunson, who was mm-hmm. Milton Brunson's widow, mm-hmm. she was a member of the church that I was serving, mm-hmm. and they heard me every Sunday. And they just came up one Sunday and said, "Listen, well, we want to we want to put you on. We want we want you to be on the next Thompson Community Singers album." Wow. And I'm like, "Doing what? <laughs> like the, the Tommies, you right, know?" Right, right. And I ended up doing a song with them, and it was a radio hit around the country. And uh, the rest was history, you know. And after that, I went through the struggles with my family, with their, the illness that attacked our family, my mother, my, my wife. my. Mm. And that's when I sat down and penned the song. Most people would not know this. I did not write that song for Smokey Norfolk mm. to sing. 
I wrote it with hopes that I would be able to place it. I was a songwriter. I was in seminary. I, I left that ministry, that particular church, because I was in seminary and I went back to teaching school. Uh, and then I was writing in the evenings. And when I wrote those songs or that song particularly, my goal, I don't even know if she knows this, was to place that song with Yolanda Adams. <laughs> I wanted to place that song with Yolanda Adams because I knew the business. Right. You're also, this is going to get big. Yeah, I'm man. Yolanda Adams sells records. Yeah. I'm, I needed a song on her CD. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was going to place, I tried to place that song. Percy Beatty had worked for me at the church that I was serving. Mm. So I had a, a inroads to Yolanda right. through it was, him. It was easy. It was, it was easy. an easy, yeah, I thought. A layup. Yeah, it was. Right. A, it was. <laughs> I actually had talked to her on the phone and I'm like, oh my God, this was Yolanda Adams. And uh, my mom, my mom was the reason why I did not place that song with anybody else. Please tell us. Because my mother says, listen, son, that's your song. Mm. That's your testimony. Mama. And, you know, <laughs> mama. She, mama, for real, seriously. <laughs> my, I owe her a debt of gratitude. Do you hear me? Mama. A debt of gratitude. Um, and that's why even as a child, when I used to watch the Stella Awards, I told my mother, my first Stella Award, I'm going to give it to you. And I was like 14 years old at the time. Mm. And so fast forward those years. 14, you're prophesying. I was 14. <laughs> I was speaking those things that are not as though they were. So, Mama, when I win my first award, I'm going to make sure you get it. That's going to be your award. So because my mother, who's usually like, that's my baby. Yeah, that's my baby. My dad is the one that was always involved, always had right. a voice, always had a place, yeah. you know, in all those decisions. My mother was just like. You just sound so good. I'm just so proud of you, son. That's what's good. <laughs> wonderful. One you just wonderful, wonderful. That's good. Yeah, this is good. This is good. Yeah. They all so But for this, this was she took a personal interest and says, no, this is your song. This is your. And because of that, it got my attention. And I said, well, you know what? Okay, fine. So I did a demo of the song. The demo ended up in the hands of Kim Pennell who was the president of EMI Gospel at the time. Oh, my gosh. And I had sent it, again, for placements. But his his comment was, who's this guy singing it? Mm-hmm. I flew down. I met with him. It's all surreal. I'm, I'm, I'm like, the record label wants to talk to me. They want to, <laughs> they want to talk to me. Like, they want to meet me. You know, they want to meet me. I flew down. Had a meeting with him. I had other meetings set up mm-hmm. with other labels because the word had gotten around. There's this new kid, and this guy can play. He can sing. It's like he's. And, and how old were you? How old are you at this time? I was uh, 27. Okay, okay, okay. 27 or 28. This is so amazing. Yeah, it is. It was <laughs> to me too. Imagine that you're sitting in your life like, is this happening? And I felt like I was in a Spike Lee movie. And I'm just <laughs> gliding along like this is really happening. <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. And I sit down, I meet with them. I had other meetings set. When I left Ken's presence, when we had a day with each other, myself, is Ken, Brandon Edgerton, who worked at the label. He's the A&R at the time. Me and my former manager, we sat down. I left his presence and I said, I don't need to meet with anybody else. I don't need to go anywhere else. This is home. Mm. I, I need to sign with them. This is the If I'm going to sign a record deal, this is the only person. These are the only people that I will sign with. This is where I'm supposed to be. And it was a phenomenal match made in heaven. 
They were ministry minded. Ken is just, I love him to this day. He was like a godfather to me through the whole process of growing up, yeah. still becoming. You know, uh, it was just, it was amazing, amazing experience. Um, and so I signed the record deal. The world caught on. The song caught on. It was an amazing journey. And then right about the time things are getting ready to ramp up, my CD has not even released yet. My phone rings. Hmm. I was still. Um, I was still coming home as a teacher, getting going back and forth to Nashville. I was still a school teacher at the time. Mm. I get home from what? school. I was still a school teacher. My phone rings. I signed my recording contract at the end of one school year mm-hmm. um, because I had held on to the contract a whole year. They gave me the contract. I held it a year because I wasn't sure. Mm. And I was like, I don't know if I want to. I'm going to give up my anonymity. And, yeah. you know, I had all these apprehensions. And what does this mean? I'll call my attorney daily. <laughs> What's this line right here mean? <laughs> what happens if this happens? You know, teach me this. Tell me this. A whole year. year. <laughs> Got to the end of the school year. These kids were off the chain. Man, turning over desks, jumping on tables. I said, I think my oh, season yeah, my is season up. Is up. <laughs> Let me get this contract out of my drawer. I signed it in my classroom. I signed my contract like, yep, I'm ready. This is it. I talked to, them, to my wife, to my parents. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm ready. I'm signing now. And uh, it was crazy. But Public school kids drove listen, to your desk. It was crazy. Uh, but I, I definitely signed at that point. Um, but I, I get home from school one day and I get a phone call. Uh, 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 can you uh, call me back? Um, this is Kirk Franklin. Oh, my God. And I'm like, somebody playing on my phone. Who playing on my phone? So who playing on my phone? This ain't Kirk. This right. ain't Kirk, Franklin calling my phone. Right. On my answering machine. That tells you how long ago. I had a, <laughs> with a tape. I had an answering machine. And so I pick up the phone. I call. I'm like, hello? This is Smokey Noir 4. Hey, man. I was like, who is this? This is Kirk. Kirk who? You know, this is Kirk Franklin. I said, man, quit playing. Who is this? He's like, no, this is Kirk Franklin. Yeah. And he asked me to go on tour with Donnie, Yolanda, and Kirk on a tour called Hopeville. Oh, my God. This is surreal. Oh I'm sitting here God. like, what just happened? Oh my I'm going on tour with Kirk Franklin, Donnie McClurkin, and Yolanda Adams at the height of their careers. <laughs> you were trying to sell the song Listen, Yolanda. man. And so they, they took me under their wings. I became little brother to all of them. Mm. They... They, they kind of coached me through the process of becoming, gave me access to their huge, massive platforms. The song kept growing and going. I won Stellars. My mother received the first Stellar that I ever won, Male Vocalist of the Year, Contemporary Male Vocalist of the Year. I sent that to her for Mother's Day the next year. Mm. Um, all the desires of my heart began to manifest. God blessed me, favored me. I was at the height of my career. The number one selling artist, <clears throat> according to Billboard, three years straight. And I'm like, that's that's over Kirk, Donnie, and Yolanda, the number one selling artist in Billboard magazine. And that just was mind-blowing. And at that moment, God says, no, now I need you to come away. Mm. Mm. Come, come away from what? From all of this? I've been, do you know how long I've been praying for this? I've been asking you for this? He says, yeah, but I need you now. I gave you that because you were faithful to me, because you were obedient. <laughs> now I need you to do something for me. I need you to sow into my people in a different way. I want to utilize your your preaching ministry and eventually even pastoral ministry to serve my people. And so I literally walked away from all that was and said, God, yes, I'll do it. I don't understand it. I don't even like it, Mm. but I trust you and I'll do it. And then God took 12 people 
And in a matter of two years, we had seen 2,500 plus people join our church. Mm. Our ministry grew. Um, we have three campuses. We have churches in other three cities campuses. now. God is faithful. <laughs> God is faithful. He is faithful. Um, all because of the obedience of just trusting him. And the music career didn't die. Of course. You know, it actually increased. I won another Grammy after that. You know, I'm like, God, you're so good. You know, and then I'm in a new season now because I'm, I'm in a place now where I realize you never blessed me with all of this for me. I didn't win all these trophies and accolades and all these other things and have this platform and this influence. You, you didn't do this for me, mm. but you do that. You did this because you trusted me. Mm. You trusted me to be a good steward with your resource, with your platform, with your mic and with your message. And my responsibility in this season is to take my platform and all that God has graced me to have to see, to experience and to have done and sow it into the next generation. Um, we have uh, we we have a um, a principle that we practice at our church is called lead mm. learning. I always want to be a perpetual learner. Empowerment. Mm. I need to empower other people. Mm -hmm. um, uh, assigning. You can't coach if you don't put them in the game. Mm. And developing. Lead. We're not leading if we're not learning, empowering, assigning, and developing. Woo! And so now. I am in the in the in the process of empowering, assigning, and developing artists and pastors mm. and preachers and teachers for that matter, because I've had all of those experiences wow. now. And my newest first on the music side, I've already done it on the ministry side, but my first artist, the yeah. first artist that I am pouring into, sewing into, and it's really not the first one. The first one was actually Todd Delaney. Oh. Todd Delaney was uh, he he was a member Secret. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Delaney was my background singer for about six years. Wow. He was one of the first members to yeah. join the church when I first planted the church. He yeah. was on the praise team at Victory yeah. at my church. And so he was the first one yeah. that I exposed and pulled under my wing and taught him what I knew. And if you listen to him worship. Oh, wait a minute. And you watch him worship. No, no, no. He was on the show and he talked about you. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you're the reason he left the league. Yeah, absolutely. His parents were so mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> they were so mad at but, me. Quit listening to that boy over there. Look at where he is. I know, right? Mm -hmm. Trust in God. Look, look at where he is. He, he talks God. about you so <laughs> much. I just, I just put the dots. He was just on the show. Wow. And he was like Smokey Norfolk. And I yeah. saw him and it yeah. inspired me. And it, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing the best I can to do what God has assigned me to do. Yeah. So Isaiah is next. This is the first artist. Isaiah Templeton, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this life is the name of his new CD. But this is the first artist that God assigned wow. me, and I had given up because I had really gotten frustrated with you know those individuals who were not as humble as mm -hmm. I had been taught to be, and had been all those years, and didn't want to receive wisdom. It was a different generation, yeah, different different mindset, and and the rebellion and kind of the. The betrayal and the heartbreak and heartache that I was experiencing had discouraged me. And I had said, I'm done helping mm. people. I had literally given up on my responsibility to carry the weight 
of, of being one who imparts into other people. And I just said, I know the burden. I'm done. It's a burden. It is. It is. <laughs> Especially when people don't get it. It is. Yeah. And you're telling them it's a process. It works. I promise you. Trust it. God is faithful. I'm living in it. Mm. I'm telling you. I'm not telling you what I heard. This is all his doing. He mm. set this up. Mm. But when they didn't want to receive it and then, you know, they, they would receive it to get what they needed. And then they would show you who they really were. And it was just so much, so many things. And I finally, I just said, I'm done. Hmm. So I'm done. I'm just going to pastor my church, serve these people, sing songs when I really feel like it. I'm done. I'm completely done. Hmm. And then comes this one. <laughs> and my heart for people and for serving people in their, like, in their uh, I'm like, no, God, God, no, not another one. No. Come on, please leave me alone. And my music director, uh, Jason Tyson, I had told him we were going on tour. I had McDonald's tour and I needed background singers. And so I had told him I'm not riding with the singers. They're not staying around me because when we when we're on the road, everybody's yeah. family. Yeah. And I keep everybody close. They'll bring a limo for me and yeah. they'll bring another truck for them. I'll say, no, put all the luggage in that truck. All of y'all get in the limo with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know, it's it's, it's right. that's the that's the camaraderie. Like, no, I was I'm like, no, I don't y'all ride back there. Anybody. Yeah, y'all ride back there. <laughs> I don't want to be around you now. Put their luggage in the in the. I mean, I literally and and, and he'll testify when we first started. I was separated from them. I had a wall between hey, me and them. God bless y'all. All right. Good, good to see y'all. Because I was not trying to fall in love with yeah. them or, or see potential or for them to activate yeah. my gift. That's who you are. I, was, I tried so hard. But this one. This one. I ain't care nothing about them. This guy breaks through the cracks in the walls and is like, show this bubbly personality, this humility that you would just, you, you have to fall in love with, this innocence, but this passion for God, this passion for ministry. I mean, he had all of the, I'm like, no, okay. And I literally took him under my wing. I went to Ohio and he'll tell you the rest of his story, but I went to Ohio and got him, oh moved him to Chicago, became his pastor. And, you know, the rest is history. Here we are. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was going to go to a song, but I can't. Um, Isaiah, I feel like. Now, my story is not <laughs> that amazing. <laughs> You're at the beginning it of is, this. I'm it at is. the beginning of the story. <laughs> but I have to ask you this question, and then we can jump to the story. What did it feel like? When Smokey Norfolk came and got you, and unreal. I remember when the day I was already singing back on for him, and I remember the day that he called and he said, he said, Junior, <laughs> what, what you want to do? Right. You want to you want to make a career out of this? I said, Yes, sir. He said, All right, I'm gonna sign you. I hate that call. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it because it's so epic. Yeah, yeah. He said, "Oh my god." He said, "You said you want to do this?" I said, "Yes, sir." He said, "All right, I'm gonna sign you." And I'm I'm on the phone speechless. <laughs> like keeping it cool on the phone. But when I hung up, when I hung up, <laughs> yeah, all over. What the did house. you do when you hung up? Ran around the house. <laughs> <laughs> and he and means that literally. I'm literally sure. Now that I know him, know him, he means that literally. I, mean, I tore that second floor up. <laughs> it, it was so. It was like Barry Gordy called you. Yeah. And 
Oh my! But we, I mean, we, we, we all. I mean, Todd Delaney. I mean, there's so many. We can talk about Aaron Sledge. I know Aaron. Oh man! Long story. I don't want to jump you into that. I don't want to jump into that. I don't want to jump into that. That's another one. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I know. And he's one of the biggest writers in the game. We are. I got to spill the beans. You are who you are. Barry Gordy calls you, and here you are. I just want to go ahead and predict it now. Do we? Are the cameras on? The cameras are on. A year from now, two years from now, we're gonna be looking back at this moment. I'm going. I interviewed him at wow. the start wow. of what's getting ready to be an incredible ride. You have an, an awesome voice. I've listened to it. I streamed it. As I said, I don't have a CD player in my car. I wish I did, because now I want to play this. But I'm gonna stream it. What's your story, man? Um, people want to know. Tell us. Take us from little Isaiah. Little Isaiah, born and raised in Springfield, Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, the birthplace of basketball. Oh, that's all the Um, Born and raised by uh, Elder Willie Templeton Jr. and wow. missionary Donna Templeton in the Church of God in Christ. Oh, my. Uh, so that's my upbringing. Uh, Good old grando. Yeah, the grando. You can't join it. You got to be born in, huh? <laughs> uh, my mom was over the children's choir, so I had no choice. I yeah. had to be at all the rehearsals. Wow. Um, Saying in the choir, I was. I started off as a little kid that was mad. I had to be in the choir, but uh, I'm. I'm told that in daycare, uh, I used to get all the kids together between yeah. the uh, pillars and, and direct the choir. Yeah. I used to y'all in my choir. Come on, and yeah. I'll direct them and all yeah. this stuff. So my daycare lady still tell that story. Yeah. Um, so I grew up doing that. Around 10 years old, the minister of music called my dad and said, "Hey, um, we want Isaiah to join the adult choir." Mm. And uh, my dad was like, oh, "I'm you a kid," and he was like, "We, we need him." And so I'm in, I'm a ten year old boy singing a soprano in the dark, in the adult choir. <laughs> that always tickles me every time he tells that story. I get to. I've been singing high all my life. My mom said at puberty my voice got higher. Right. So I just yeah. I, 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 He's taking us out. The opposite. I, I literally, I, I never went low. I never had that awkward oh cracking voice. Like I never had it. Um, so I was singing in the dark choir soprano. When I hit thirteen, my dad said, "All right now, put him in the tennis section." <laughs> All right now, yeah, all right. we gotta yeah. come out to soprano. Right. Right. Yeah, all listen. right, that's enough. <laughs> I can change the keys, sing high tenor. Um, <laughs> so I, I was doing that, I, and I sang similar to what Pastor was saying. I, I was in the choirs all through school. Um, I did musical theater. Um, so a lot of sometimes people will comment on my articulation, mm -hmm. but they in musical theater they made us. They were like, listen, they gotta know what you're saying when you're singing. So all mm -hmm. of that tongue, tip of the teeth, all yeah, of that yeah, yeah, right, had right, to. Right, right. Um, so I did musical theater, school choir. Uh, saying I directed the college gospel choir at the college I went to Wright State University go Raiders right. <laughs> um, I, all of that and so during college uh, Marvin Sapp put out a clarion call for background singers I went and auditioned for that and that's actually where I met Pastor Norfolk's MD Jason Tyson that's right that's and right. so because um, he was playing for Marvin Sapp at the time I met him there um, I got picked up um, and sang with Marvin Sapp for about a year um, then Pastor Norfolk put out a clarion call for background oh singers this but he funny. only wanted female this is funny <laughs> Don't miss this part. Okay. This shows the rebellious side of this young man. I'm still working on that part in him. But watch this. Watch. I call it passion. He calls it passion. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. He only wanted female background singers. Yeah. Um, and so one of my friends from Dayton, Ohio, where I was living at the time, um, she she was going to audition out, and her and her husband were driving. So I was like, let me just ride with y'all. I want to meet him. He's my yeah. favorite singer. Yeah. All of that stuff. And I was like, I just want to go be in the room, meet him, get to shake his hand, or whatever. So we show up, she signs in at the table. Um, and then I walk up to the table with her and the lady behind the table says, hey, are you here to audition for the uh, worship leader position? I was like, 
Yep. <laughs> we walk into I the am here for that. <laughs> right, exactly. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> we walk into the holding room and uh, Jason Tyson sees me, his MD sees me. He's like, Man, what you doing here? I said audition for the worst leader position. <laughs> and so we go, so they start calling our numbers and stuff and we go into the um sanctuary where they were holding the audition. Yeah. And I'm looking around like, all right, where and he not in there. He not in there. He's looking for you. He's looking for you. He had his team, like uh, some <laughs> some of the staff at the church, his musicians. Uh, they were auditioning the singers, and so we get up there and uh, we sing. I got up there and I did my audition. I sang "Blessed Assurance." I always nice. just sing it him. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so I get up there and I sing that, but I sing it the Kojic way. Okay. And the Kojic way is with all the screams and the runs and all of that. Now, just for my white audience. Uh, Kojic. Kojic is Church of God in Christ. Okay. <laughs> Kojic is cover up everything, uh, no errands. No, not, not what I have on is acceptable, actually. On Sunday morning at the Kojic Church. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't change my foundation for anything. Right, right I love right, my right. Brain. Um So, yeah, I got up there and I sang Blessed Assurance, the Kojic way. Yeah. And uh, I see all the eyes in front of me looking behind me. Yeah. And so I'm looking at them, like, and I turn around and he's standing there. He's like, man. What are you doing? <laughs> are you auditioning to be the worship leader? <laughs> and if you got up there and let worship like that in my church, I'd have to come and take the mic and lead worship myself. <laughs> now try it again. Try it again. Somebody play for him. And I, nobody move quick enough, I guess, because he jumps on the keys. He's like, all right, go. What you gonna sing? And I was like, how great is our God? He gets on the keys. Good <laughs> boy. So I'm, this man, I'm right, not even just... tripping. I'm not even tripping that he just went off on me. Right, I'm just like, right. this is this is smoking <laughs> no, awful. No, I'm like, this is what I came for. I just wanted to meet you. I'm good now. I, and so I'm up there and I'm doing my audition and he, he's like, all right, go ahead. He's playing with me and I sing How Great Is Our God. And I, you know, I still, I, I'm still me. Right, but, right, so, right, right. Um, I sing the song. He's like, all right, well, you know, great voice, but we'll get it together. And he said that. And I've always been the person to listen to people's words. Right. And so when he said, we'll get it together, that to me meant I'm you'll in. be back. Right. <laughs> That's what that meant to me. I was like, cool. I'm in, I'm in the Yes. Yeah, so I go home. I go home and I think it was like three to four weeks before anybody heard anything. So everybody was calling me. Like, um, well, the people that found out who I was or found me on social media, they were hitting me up. And I never even told them this. They were like, well, we know you're going to get a call, so let us know when they call you. Right. So, really? So we know if we Nobody got told me that. I didn't know that. I did not know that. People from, in, all, people from all over yeah. were hitting me up like, we know they're going to call you. So yeah. like, when they call you, just, you know, say something. Like, let us yeah. know. <laughs> And so uh, uh, Jason Tyson emailed me like, and I was like, y'all, I still ain't heard nothing. And so he finally, he finally emailed me, and uh, he was like, he was like, yeah, man, Pastor wants you to be a part of the team. I was like, at the church, and I'm thinking like, if they offer me that, I'm, I can't come. I'm in school, right, like, right, right. I really just can't. I got what I wanted. I'm good. Right, I got I'm my picture. I met talk to him. He heard me sing. He made right. me one day. Right. Down the line. He chastised me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he chases those. He and so, uh, so I'm like, I'm like, as worship leader, that I emailed back as worship leader. He was like, no, he wants you on the team. I was like, oh, sweet, bet. He was like, yeah, rehearsals are next week. Can you be there? I said, absolutely. I don't wow. even know what I had next week. But I'll be there. <laughs> and so I went to the um, auditions, to the rehearsal, sorry. Yeah. And I was just supposed to be like a backup, uh, yeah. background singer if they ever needed somebody or whatever. Um, but something did not work out with the person <laughs> I was supposed to do tenor. And uh, all I know is I got pulled to the side, and they said, are you able to do this tour that we have coming up? Yeah. Yes, I can. <laughs> and so I ended up going on tour with Smokey Norfolk because I was hard to hit. Wow. <laughs> 
So the lesson is. The lesson is, gotta, listen, sometimes you got to be hard at it. <laughs> you call it one break. Don't huh? listen to him. Don't listen to him, please. Don't listen to him. <laughs> well, so, um, wow. after, so I started singing background for him, singing background for him for like two years. Uh, then I moved to the church at, in Chicago and I served there as worship leader. And then I became the first artist wow. besides himself on his label. What a story. This episode. Um, <laughs> so why should people listen to this? People should listen to this because we waited on God. And mm. uh, anything that you wait on God, whenever you wait on God, it's always going to be well worth it. And yeah. I promise you that we yeah. we, we sought him for this. Um, we prayed before we signed contracts. We prayed before. Well, you remember before that? We wrote. I remember we sat at his dining room table mm. and prayed over the contract. Mm. God, breathe on this. God, let just hold this in your hand. That's true. And so um, I, this has all been God. And so I promise that you'll be blessed by the ministry. As we close, because um, I can't keep you all day, even though I, I want to. I want to keep you all day. Um, I got to ask you this question. And this is a question for both of you guys. And, and I don't want to label it as the black church. Mm -hmm. But on that side of the world, we see a I call it the black church experience. There it is. The black church experience. That's the best way to say it. In that experience, we see an absence or a, a hole where between the generation before and the generation now. And so there's this gap. And you, you don't see these types of relationships happening often. And if, they, and if they try to happen, they usually fail because of whatever. How do y'all do this successfully? Oh wow, that's a tough question. Like I don't, I don't know if I know the answer to that. I mean, well, first of all, there's a biblical precedent that this is necessary. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got Moses and Joshua, you got mm -hmm. Elijah and Elisha, Elisha and Elijah, mm -hmm. you got Paul and, Paul and Timothy. I mean, this is a biblical precedent that has already been established. You know, uh, and I think it should be practiced intentionally, and it should be practiced often. Because they need the wisdom of the previous generation. We need the creative, with the innovation mm -hmm. of the new generation mm -hmm. to be able to speak to a, a, a current age, mm -hmm. you know, and, and to keep the, the ministry, which will never change because his word shall remain even when heaven and earth have passed away. So the message will always be consistent and, and purely um, God's intent, intended uh, message to the world. Mm -hmm. But the packaging will change. And it changes from generation to generation, time to time, season to season. Like even my kids package things differently than he does. Mm -hmm. And they're 15 and 17. Yeah. You know? So um, I think this is necessary in order to keep the message before yeah. as many people as possible. How we do it successfully is, um, you know, I, I can say this and I'll, I'll let him speak to his experience. But for me, it's been trial and error. Hmm. You know, it's been a willingness to keep trying. It's been a willingness to keep trying. We haven't gotten it right all the time. He'll testify to the same. I know he'll testify to that. <laughs> no, I'll know he'll say amen right there. <laughs> we haven't gotten it right all the time. On, on, <laughs> on both sides of the table, honestly, yeah. you know, to be very candid about it. And um, being, being humble enough to admit that, hmm. to repent, being forgiving enough to say, you know what? Let's cancel that debt. We have a new understanding. Let's move forward. And being patient enough on my part, being patient enough um, to, to let love be the prevailing factor. Mm. That with loving kindness, I will continue to win you. And that love cancels and trumps every other dynamic that we experience. And, and first and foremost, to love God. Mm. 
you know, how, how can we how can we say that we need God's grace if we don't extend it? Yeah. You know, so it, it's it's a it's a it's a process. It's mm-hmm. a growing process. I learn as much from them mm-hmm. as they do from me. Wow. You know, I, and, I, and I think if you keep that humility to continue to be a learner and to continue to grow and develop in yourself, that's what's going to make this a long term, fruitful relationship mm-hmm. dynamic. Isaiah, your words to the generation now, how do they do it? Yeah, I just I echo those sentiments, actually. Um, and it's also in finding somebody that, you know, you can trust their heart and trust their intentions. Um, and I, tr- I trust his heart and his intentions for me. And I mean, he's one, he, he's smoking over. He's been here. Right. Done he that. is who he is. He's been here. Done that. He has nothing to gain by yeah. helping me. And so people that are selfless like that and selflessly give of themselves and their resources and their knowledge and wisdom and their experiences. Um, you can always trust that um, even if they don't have all of that, you can just ask God to give you discernment mm-hmm. and uh, just find people that are selfless and just want to see you be the best you, you can possibly be and that's how this works because I truly believe that he wants me to be the absolute best Isaiah Templeton that this world will ever see. It's been an honor. Go get the new record. Smokey, can you pray for us? Absolutely. And then we'll close. Absolutely. Lord, we thank you for uh, just being our sovereign, incredible, magnificent and marvelous God. We reverence you, we honor you and we acknowledge that you are uh, you are El Shaddai, Elohim, Jehovah yes. Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, uh, El, El Yoda. You are mm. Jehovah Imkadesh, Imkadesh. You are uh, our Adonai. You are our Emmanuel, God, who is with us. Wow. And really, you've been so much to so many. You are the great I am that yes, I am. Jesus. And for all of those reasons, we praise you. We honor you. We glorify you. And we bless your holy name. And God, we ask now for your divine favor upon yes. every listener and every viewer that you would reach into the circumstance and situations of their heart and of their lives and you would be the prevailing force that shows forth your glory and your grace upon everything that they're enduring and endeavoring to do. I ask God for your supernatural and divine favor and impartation of your grace upon this host as he continues to forge ahead in his ministry that he will continue to be a force to change lives for the glory of God. Uh, We stand here God asking and praying for our nation that you would heal the divides that you would bring the broken pieces back to a whole and that you would God give us the grace and the capacity to press through all that the enemy has put in place to resist us and to steal kill and destroy everything that is connected to us we bind Satan in the name of Jesus Christ and we speak and decree victory in all areas financially spiritually sociologically physically in our health God We bind the enemy and we claim our victory. We know who we are and we know whose we are. And we thank you for giving us this victory in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' magnificent name, we decree and declare our victory and say amen. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. This has just been incredible. The legend Smokey North was in the building and introducing to the world. I'm excited about it. Get the new record, Isaiah Templeton. Let's close this out with your single. Throw to your single for me. Hey, everybody. This is Isaiah Templeton, and this is my new single, Everything Will Be All Right. We'll see you next time. you on my
story with your host sam collier don't forget to subscribe on itunes google play soundcloud stitcher or any other podcast directory if you like what you hear leave a five-star review a greater story with your host sam collier distributed by american urban radio networks